I'm Professor Neil Feinstein, and this is Conversations with the Creators, sponsored by St. John's Master's Program in Integrated Advertising Communications. Ideas thrive here. Hi, it's my pleasure today to welcome Oleg Kornfeld, um, who is the Chief Technology Officer at CMI Media Group and Compass, to our Conversations with the Creators podcast series. Um, I would call Oleg a digital original, uh, not additional native, but he's uh, he's really kind of from the from the start of when digital technology, in particular became a an important part of digital advertising, Oleg was there. And so it's wonderful to have him with us today as we explore more about how technology is, has, and will continue to impact on the advertising process. And we'll also get to everyone's favorite topic today, which is artificial intelligence. And I think that he's got some interesting stuff to uh pique our curiosity and make us think. So Oleg, welcome. And I'd like to jump right in and ask you to tell us a little bit about yourself, your work, um, kind of what you do and how you do it. Well, first of all, thank you for inviting me to this. I really appreciate it. Um, it's funny that you mentioned uh, my my career path. Um, I've started actually in December, it's gonna be 25 years since I've joined the digital marketing industry. And I joined it at a company called DoubleClick. DoubleClick is one of the founding, I would say, marketing technology companies in our in our space. Um, Google acquired them many years ago, but this is where I kind of learned uh, about the space. I, at the time when I joined it, I didn't know what I was joining. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, and but nobody really did. We were all kind of learning as we're going along. But the interesting element of it is I, I kind of, saw that in that uh, crossroad of where the buy side of our industry, the marketers, needed a way to connect to the sell side of our industry, which are the publishers. And uh, companies like DoubleClick were offering this technology to connect the dots. So fast forwarding 25 years and seeing our industry from all three sides, I would say, of, of, the, of this uh, world, which has spent many years on the technology side, companies like DoubleClick and a few others, but also spend a lot of time on the publishing side. And now I'm on the advertising side of the industry. CMI Media Group and Compass is a, a health media agency. And my role at CMI is as chief technology officer is to basically leverage my understanding of the of the of this ecosystem, technology ecosystem, to build the most appropriate and most efficient and effective technology stacks for modern marketers. There's a lot of technologies that have been built over the years, uh, but it kind of depends on what the goals of the marketer are. What is the most appropriate stack to use for their needs? So at CMI, we build a lot of technologies in-house ourselves because we're in this very unique vertical and the way we plan and buy media requires our own development because a lot of this stuff is just not available out there. And uh, at the same time, we also understand we can't build everything ourselves either. So we need to bring in partners who we can integrate with to kind of complete that overall stack for our clients. So my job right now is kind of straddling those two elements. What do we build to bring this uh, planning and buying infrastructure to our clients? 
and where do we partner with certain technologies to kind of complete that stack? All right. So, um, you know, not just a little thing that you do. Uh, sounds like um, you're kind of in the middle, uh, at the heart of of what makes the agency really work um, and, and enables other people to work. When, uh, if I asked you to kind of tell me the one, two, three kind of big things on your plate right now, what are you most focused on? What would that be? That's interesting. So the 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 big one is uh, that the this interconnected platform, because like I said, over the years, a lot of technology has been built. But as you build many different technologies, and by you, I guess I mean our entire industry, you often end up with fragmentation. And fragmentation in marketing means um, unnecessary media spend in places we shouldn't be buying your audiences. So building something interconnected, something that you can leverage all the way from the beginning of your marketing strategy, where you plan against what kind of audience you want to go after, all the way through execution and activation of that media across multiple different channels, whether it's television, whether it's websites, whether it's apps or apps, whether it's digital billboards, whether it's social media platforms, and then how do you measure all of it and how do you validate the value of all of this technology, right? Because all this technology is not free. Uh, it all goes into the cost of running a marketing business. So validating and justifying the cost of this technology always falls on measurement and all of the performance of those campaigns. So that would be the first and big uh, responsibility of mine. The second one is a data strategy. Nothing really happens anymore in our space without really getting a good grasp of what kind of data sets are being used to define the consumers we want to go after. Uh, so creating the data sets, managing the data sets, because some marketers have data, their own data on the consumers that use their products. Some publishers have data on the consumers that read articles on, 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 on or watch movies or uh, just in, in, engage with the content that publishers create. And there's a lot of other data sets that are available, everything from the credit card companies to, to your social media platforms. There's a lot of different data points across the board. Not all that data is created equally. Not all that data is, again, useful for the purposes of the marketer. So creating an, appro creating an appropriate data management ecosystem where we can uh, build uh, understanding of a consumer and then plan against that consumer and then act activate and uh, against the computer consumer. It's a second important piece that I'm focused on. And the last piece of the last uh, year, I would say, again, no surprise here is applications of uh, artificial intelligence in this process. And I wouldn't just say that because, you know, this is in the zeitgeist right now. ChatGPT really changed the way we think about AI, even though AI has been in our lives for many, many, many years and we've applied AI in marketing for many years. But today, because of that much, all this focus that we have, applications uh, are being reevaluated. And every step of that process now needs to go through the scrutiny of seeing where potentially AI can be helpful and where it's just noise. So separating the noise, I guess, from the signal in what AI can truly do for marketing, I would say is the third big piece of my responsibilities. All right. Well, then I'm going to jump right there. Um, and before we get um, kind of deeply into uh, an AI conversation, I'd like to start with some definitions because there is a lot of chatter out there. There's a lot of language. We in our business love to, you know, 
abbreviate things and use initials and um and we're not, I think, always sure of what we're talking about, but certainly for our students, um, we want to make sure that right. they understand what we're talking about. So if you could, you know, talk a little bit about AI as it has been, perhaps, um, AI as as it is evolving, um, and some of the language around it, I think that would be really helpful. Sure. And again, uh, this is, I would say, start by saying this is, again, a lot of it is my point of view and how That's I what we want. it. We want your uh, point of view. Right. Uh, artificial intelligence to me, actually, as a term, I believe is kind of a silly term to describe what we're talking about in the first place. I think the term itself comes from literature, comes from uh, science fiction novels um, by Isaac Asimov and so forth. And um, it what we actually do and how we think about artificial intelligence, I would say machine learning is probably more appropriate term for what is actually happening technologically. All right. So can you explain to us what machine learning is? Sure. When you take a lot of data, a lot of information that's collected across many, many different play, uh, touch points, you organize all of it and you automate and you uh, automate it to come up with some expected result. So the more data you have and the more powerful your machine is, the result will be delivered to you faster and more accurately. And that was, to me at least, in very practical terms, what machine learning is. A lot of data organized well and delivering something quickly and very importantly, accurately. All right. So within that context, um, you know, I remember, um, you know, somewhere in the mid years of my agency experience, you know, we got very into talking about algorithms. Everything was about algorithms. So what's the relationship then between machine learning and algorithms? Well, they're building algorithms. Algorithms are just the mathematical formulas to come up with, with uh, I guess, nor normalization of the data sets. So you, you, we call, we used uh, like very fancy terms like training the model. But in, in, in the end of the day, these are the algorithms that are being written to really set these if-then statement rules, right? If this happens, then you should expect that. Mm -hmm. That is a big, uh, um, I think, uh, point to make what AI means to us today versus what potentially it could be down the line. There's a term of uh, called general AI, which is very different from generative AI. Another very right. different. So let's talk about those two things. General AI doesn't really exist yet. This is when machines become self-aware. That's uh, and we are not at that state just yet. We're working with machine learned regular AI, regular AI, if that's a good term to even use, to really come up with these decision trees of if-then statements that you need to put in place, you need to write rules around uh, to come up with answers that are directionally accurate. And the more data you put through this decision tree, the more accurate the result should be. So that's the big difference between what general is, general AI is, and just to be clear, does not exist yet. As far as I know, there's no self-aware robots just yet in our world. Um, but then there, there is more of this kind of um, standard uh, AI, machine-learned, uh, if-then statement-driven, algorithm-driven uh, artificial intelligence. Generative AI, which is, again, a term that's been used a lot, uh, especially in the last year or so since ChatGPT came out, because ChatGPT is the generative AI system. This is where 
uh, use text or video imaging to uh, generate uh, specific outcomes based on uh, the input that you're putting into the system. Okay, so, you know, I'm, I'm hearing a lot about machines and I'm, you know, hearing a little bit about robots. Um, and I'm, uh, I'm very conscious that we're talking to humans. Uh, and I'm very conscious that um, the relationship between a brand and a consumer is a human relationship. So how do we, you know, what's the role of kind of the human in this process? Um, you know, I, I, I'd like to quote you actually, um, I've been quoting you all over, uh, but I always give you credit. Uh, something that you said, human intelligence innovates, artificial intelligence iterates. And I thought that that was a really important statement. And I, I ask you to talk a little bit more about that and in doing so, maybe calm some of the uh, nerves of, of our students who are listening to this and who are wondering, you know, is there gonna be a role for me as a human in this advertising profession going forward? Sure, so first of all, I, I don't wanna, fully take credit for that line. I don't at this point remember exactly uh, how <laughs> I arrived to it, but just to be safe, I, I, I'm, I'm gonna say I may have borrowed it, but I don't sure. remember. So that's why for, 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 for I just wanna, but, but I wanna make it very clear there. I don't wanna okay. take credit for things that I'm not a hundred percent sure that I invented. Um, but thank you, I appreciate, I appreciate you, you pulling it out. Um, the important thing to understand in that is Without human intelligence, there is no creativity. Machines need to be drawing their uh, process from some initial idea. And that idea needs to come from human beings. So, so that's one. The second very important thing uh, for the students, especially to understand, is there's no reason to be afraid of AI because to me, AI is basically automation of just grunt work, of, of a lot of process that historically has been done by data entry, by literally armies of, of people to create some form of that standard, of that organized data sets. If we can automate a lot of these processes, then the humans can take the results and be more strategic about what they do with it. So, it's the same exact analogy that we've used at least my entire lifetime where we went from horse buggies to cars, right? When we all of a sudden introduced email into our process, right? right. Technologies made things easier for humans to do something more strategic and important. So for my suggestion, my recommendation for anybody is not to be afraid, first of all, of AI, but to also feel uh, find a way to feel comfortable and see what you can learn. You don't have to be a developer. AI use will be different depend, depending on the role that you play. You don't have to be a developer you, to really understand how to apply AI to your work, right? Everybody use email, uses email without knowing exactly how the code works, how these system connect to one another? How do you write an email and it ends up uh, around the world somewhere else? Like you don't have to technologically understand how that works. Absolutely. Uh, take, a, take full advantage of this capability. 
So the same will apply to artificial intelligence. And to me, when I think about if all this grunt work, all this heavy kind of tactical boring often work can be automated by machines, the important skills that I think everybody will be looking for in people is this inter interpersonal and humanity uh, uh, kind of <laughs> elements of, of, of human of human beings, right? So in the end of the day, this is where we do not lose ourselves as humans when we understand that it becomes even more important for us to connect to other humans um, when when we know that a lot of the work that historically may have been done by humans now be automated through machines. And the humanity of all of it, I think, will keep us keep us connected to one another. And together we can find most effective and efficient ways to apply these technology to make our lives better. And again, there's that many hours in a day. And in any kind of work, if you ask, at least in our world, especially in marketing, what would you rather spend your time on? Filling out Excel spreadsheets or thinking strategically about how campaign should be uh, executing? What kind of audiences we should be thinking about? Who will engage with the messaging we're putting together? All of those pieces are very creative and all of these pieces will be led by human intelligence. All right, so with regard to that, I have, I have two questions. One, internally, uh, current employees, um, how are or are they being kind of trained differently or brought along through the path differently now, perhaps than they were, you know, three, four, five years ago? So the, I can speak to the experiences that we've uh, we've seen in, in, at our company. Mm -hmm. And to me, it's real applications to real use cases. I asked, and we've done this uh, already, and we are well on our way to going basically department by department, process by process, and asking people to reevaluate their process and tell us where is there an opportunity to take a process that is currently manual and see if machines can be integrated in the, into that process. So two things happen. One, that process becomes machine-driven rather than human-driven. So we create time for them to do other things that otherwise they probably didn't have time for. Two, it forces them to rethink what the process should be moving forward. Because now, if the process is sped up or the results are way more accurate than usually are, so you don't have to spend time worrying that whether decisions were made are correct or not, that changes how you operate moving forward. So that's what we're seeing right now. The processes that we've automated completely changed uh, the way those uh, departments even operate. And the skill sets now that we potentially look for, especially like at the junior levels, because those are the usually the people who ended up doing the, the manual work, uh, which would be considered either entry level or the work we would be outsourcing or offshoring um, for the for cost efficiencies. Um, now they can focus on saying, okay, now that I know this task is automated, where can I spend my time? What can I do uh, to kind of complete that process more effectively? So then thinking about people who are coming into the workplace for the first time, what are the skill sets that you're looking for? And then kind of a companion question, you know, while they're 
students are still in school, what should they be focused on? What should they be kind of doing, reading, learning, you know, being curious about um, so that that they are the people you're going to want to hire? Sure. So going back to a couple of minutes ago when I said interpersonal skills and general humanity, I know it's very high level, maybe too uh, ethereal of, of a concept, but it's critical. So understanding that certain tasks now are handled by technology, we need to see if the people that we work with can work with one another, can work better with one another, coming in and understanding that uh, if now, if before the role may have been mostly, and it's not, it's not always black and white, it's not only 100% you're sitting um, with Excel spreadsheet plugging in numbers, um, often you have to present those numbers to somebody, whether inside the organization or to a client. So how do we train those uh, new uh, young employees to get more comfortable with that process? So that would be one of the ways to think about it. So would you say that um, it's important for um, incoming young professionals, first jobs, um, to work on presentation skills, articulation of ideas, um, you know, it, Absolutely. It, I think so in marketing, yes, I think it's, it, I always re remind even uh, our own technology group, in the end of the day, we're all marketers. And no, no matter what roles we play. So coming in and kind of learning how to present, not just yourself, but how to present a story, how to tell a story. Yes. Is absolutely critical. And in the end of the day, the more senior you get in the company, you end up doing that, no matter what role you play. I, I, I head up technology. I manage technology. Um, it may be assumed that I need to kind of sit in the, in the office with a closed door and don't have to talk to anybody because I just talk to machines all day long. It's not true. I spend a lot of time with our clients because our clients need to understand this world, right? right. This tech stack that I've described um, sometimes could feel daunting. So my job is actually to explain it in normal English and simplify it and make it feel familiar so it doesn't seem scary. So it is important it is to me and to anybody in the organization to know how to tell a story. So if the advantage of humans is imagination, so imagination is, you know, let's say the differentiator, right, between what, what ultimately even the smartest machine can, um, you know, provide um, how, how do you keep your imagination, uh, you know, kind of, percolating um you know where do you get inspiration from there's many different places and not all of them are directly connected to marketing so sure. i spent my entire career in marketing but honestly i i find my inspiration in music and in, in books it may you know seem cliche but it's true um those science fiction books that invented artificial intelligence um actually are very valuable because there's still a human element. In the end of the day, when you strip away the science, there's still always in the good books, a human uh, element left in there, right? The emotion of it. So that really helps. Um, professionally speaking, I think there's a lot of great uh, publications out there that are also trying to solve for it. So um, reading up on truly uh, digital-minded, um, unbiased, if you can find it, opinions, um, 
uh, about technology is where I connect the dots. My experiences help me kind of see our industry from these three sides of it, right? They're the buy side, the sell side, and technology that connects the two. And understanding what motivates each side actually inspires me. Because when I spent first part of my career on technology side, then publishing, when I got to the buy side of our industry, the agency side, basically the, the, the side that represents the actual marketers that spend all this money, that fund all of this stuff. Mm-hmm. I had so many assumptions that were wrong because I did not understand what truly not only motivated people, but what was their own education like and why they were making the decisions they were making. So without dismissing them for not understanding something, I took it as an opportunity to be an educator and connecting the dots for them. And, so and to actually be inspired. an educator, but also to be educated. Right. Um, I, need, I needed to but... first understand. Yes, you're right. I need to first understand what drives them, what goals do they have. And then, but after I, I, I got a good understanding of, of what truly drives a, a marketer on, a, on the buy side of the industry, I could bring the experiences and kind of open the door and say, well, here's why the other side does what they do. And here's how you potentially can leverage that for your benefit. So um, I'm going to ask you to uh, help me close with uh, with a thought. And uh, the thought I'm going to ask you about is what are you most excited about uh, as, you know, we think near term. So we don't have to go all the way out to, you know, kind of the, the, the blue sky. But near term, what do you think is the most exciting thing that we're going to experience um, in the industry in the next, you know, year or two? And. Is there anything that concerns you? The most exciting thing is all the th- all the creativity and all the opportunity to discover and, and create something new now that we have more time on our hands. If we spend l- less time doing doing tactical work that historically took, uh, took a big percentage of, of our brain space every day, how creative can we really get? And I'm really excited about that. Seeing seeing what else we can dream up uh, to get even more effective and efficient uh, on behalf of, of, of the marketers. What I'm worried about is <laughs> if uh, making too many assumptions of what this technology will actually do and, be, and, and making decisions that are built on assumptions rather than facts. So... I'm hopeful, I'm again, I'm going to take a silver lining from my own worry that we learn from our mistakes because like I said, I've been doing this for a quarter century now and I've seen us that go- That sounds so much longer than 25 years, doesn't it? Doesn't it? Every time I say 25 <laughs> years and I realize that that's actually a quarter century. Uh, but I've seen us go from delivering advertising into websites on in old browsers delivering advertising into mobile phones, into delivering advertising into social environments, into delivering ad- ad- digital advertising into connected televisions now. All of these things are different technologies behind the scenes. And assumptions that are often made, well, if I delivered my ads into a, a browser, into a website one way, it obviously should work the same way in an app, is a wrong way right. to think about it. Not only the technology is different, your, your laptop is still very different from your mobile mobile from your phone. 
but the experience of the user is also very different. The way a, con a consumer uses a browser when they open the computer versus the way they use their phone when they open an app is a completely different experience. And as a marketer, we need to understand that nuance. And measuring that difference and technologies that are necessary to really understand that is something that we sometimes forget about, and that always worries me. But understanding that and looking back at it, I, I'm hopeful that now that we have this new way of applying tech, now more kind of supercharged and empowered by AI, we learn from those mistakes and realize that now that we have this technology, how does that change the way we engage as marketers, but also the way our consumers will engage with the messages that we deliver to them? Great. Well, I'm hopeful too. Um, you know, I, I, I worry, you know, that, that, you know, we embrace things too quickly. We get too excited. Uh, and then we have to kind of walk it back. And I, I hope that we've learned enough as new technologies have, you know, kind of come to, to the fore that maybe we won't do that this time. And, and just think, just understand, we're just scratching the surface. We're yeah. not even first inning yet of what AI will be. We're not even there. So All right. well, then we'll have to come back to you in uh, your second quarter century, uh, and um, and we'll see what what you've learned and what you can uh, help us learn. Thank you so much for your time. Uh, I think that uh, our students are going to um, really get some benefit from this, and I uh, hope that they will reach out to you because I think that um, that they will have some questions for you. Thank you so much, Oleg. My pleasure, and thank you. This has been Conversations with the Creators, sponsored by St. John's Master's Program in Integrated Advertising Communications. Thanks to all our guests, my colleagues Professor Audrey Siegel-Mavora, Kevin James, Christine Munk, and our producer Miriam Prever. Keep on ideating.